It's time for faith and life to connect. I first go before God, working on who and what I am before Him and what He's calling me to be as a husband. Where our Christian walk meets our day-to-day life. Dealing with that baggage can mean anything from delaying the marriage to dealing with the baggage. For sure. And where it's okay to laugh a little. Meaningless days, I look at. <laughs> I'm looking at meaningless days and live happily with the woman you love, and I'm trying to figure out how they wind up in the same set. <laughs> We're not saying that the marriage is meaningless. Heaven forbid we say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. This is The Session with Tom Russell from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. What triggers your potential spouse? And that you guys both agree, yeah, they are triggers, and it is, as we grow, something we have to work through. But we're going to give you sort of the grace and space to do that. Welcome into the session on Rise FM and on the podcast network at risefmohio.com. However you have found us today, thank you. I'm Scott, and I'm here with Tom from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. And today we are going to explore 10 ways we unintentionally make singles feel invisible in the church. Right. I don't know that we have ever really delved into this a whole lot. We haven't, and we're not necessarily talking about diet plans so that they're invisible. Exactly. Right. No. But first, a little piece of housekeeping. All right. We we just uh, a couple weeks ago did a session on the need for prayer in school and the importance of prayer in school, and there was a lot more content that we did not get on that show. So there is a fuller edition of the session on the podcast network at risefmohio.com, you'll see one that says bonus session, bonus edition. And that's one where you can get all of our comments, all of our thoughts on prayer in school, and a lot of things that we just uh, either didn't have time or felt like uh, we just wanted to have any bonus edition for you to take in. So that's there for you at risefmohio.com under the podcast network. Now, with the housekeeping out of the way, with Tom, we turn to God's Word to get into today's topic. So Paul's writings in 1 Corinthians 7, verses 8 and 9, my advice for the unmarried and for the widows is that it is acceptable for them to remain single just as I am. But if you don't have enough self-control, then go ahead and marry. After all, it is better to marry than to burn with desire. So being single is not a bad thing. No. And I know in in a society where marriage, at least when I grew up, you went to school, you went to college, you got married. Right. And if you were single, you were somehow, what's wrong with you? There's nothing wrong with you. That's right. You know, God has called people to do different things. And maybe your role in the kingdom of God is to be single and do some great things for him that way. That's true. And I am so thankful that our God called Kathy to be married. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to talk about 10 ways we unintentionally make singles feel (laughs) invisible in the church. It's an article by Brenda Rogers, and uh, she writes this from a position of knowledge. You know, she starts the article by saying, I dreaded Sunday. It was my least favorite day of the week. I went to church, but not Bible study because there wasn't a class for me. And that's an indictment of the church right there. We forget about singles. You know, it's assumed that, well, you need to be in this couple's class while I'm single. Yeah, um, well, the college uh, uh, yeah. class is over there, and there's two of you. Right. No. Okay, so first of all, the first way we unintentionally make singles feel invisible in the church is we believe they have ulterior motives. They think because they're single, they're, and they're looking to find a, a mate, 
that they may have ulterior motives to be involved in a program or volunteer for this or that or want to meet with the pastor or it's like they really got an agenda here they're going to church to get their their yeah. uh, mrs degree you know that's true and some people go to college for that uh yeah a lot of people i lived with at michigan yeah. dorm in michigan state yeah mm-hmm. so there's no doubt that christian men and women single and married need to be vigilant of snares from the enemy He's prowling around like a lion waiting to kill, steal, and destroy our families, ministries, and callings. So it's prudent and wise to treat interactions with the opposite sex, married or single, differently so that Satan does not get a foothold. So we do not want to fall into the temptation of the enemy trying to tempt us into thinking that this is more than what appears on the surface. This single may have a great desire and be very real about wanting to volunteer and we don't want the enemy deceiving us to think oh yeah they really are here because they're trying to find somebody trying to find somebody to hook up with and they don't care if you're married and that's not always the case so don't that no don't do that yeah and so single people are not out to find a spouse or steal a spouse no matter the cost we shouldn't treat them as if they are exactly All right, number two, don't include them in sermon examples. Now, that could be really (laughs) problematic. And particularly, sometimes, you know, pastors will think about, well, you know, I'll share this from what happened at home or in my marriage. But they never stop to ask and check to see if that was okay. Shall we say, I probably learned at times the hard way. Uh Uh-huh. That you probably do want to consider. And... When we ask our, our wives, what do you think? I thought, I'm planning on sharing this. What do you think? And they go, oh, yeah, that's okay. Or you're going to what? <laughs> Nobody else needs to know that, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so then our wives feel important that we're communicating there. And, and you know, some pastors are thinking, oh, I didn't think that would be any problem. Well, okay, right. But we don't know for sure. And our wives feel important when we ask them. I know my pastor has sometimes said, now I'm going to share something with you about this person. And they said it's okay. Yeah. They, yeah. they have given me permission. And he doesn't share about somebody usually unless he's gotten their permission, especially if it's a deeper subject. If he's just picking on them for the way they eat macaroni and cheese at the buffet, he'll. Yeah. That's, that's one thing. But. Well, and it's true. And sometimes I tease my patients that at Heritage. I said, you, you are not going to tell anybody this, right? And I'm like, that's right. And I won't even put it on our radio show. <laughs> well, we at least won't use your name. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just a joke because we keep no, that very good. No, yeah. We ha- yeah, I think I can probably count on one hand the number of times you've, you've actually said, well, a patient told me. Or we had this with a patient or in session. I, you know, that we, It's just not something you do. And I appreciate your integrity about that. So, so same thing is true for sermons. We don't want to we don't want to make them an example unless it's something you you want to get their permission. Right. That's a whole nother kettle of fish. Yeah, and then you still want to communicate that if you get their permission. Absolutely. Number 3, don't talk to them like adults. Okay, let's unpack that. Let's so, yeah, you're going to need to unpack that. We make them feel invisible so we don't talk to them like adults. No, they want to be talked to. Well, remember, keep this in mind. These are 10 ways to make sure we alienate them. So it comes across as a double negative. 
We're, we're talking about 10 ways we unintentionally make signals feel invisible. Oh, 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 okay. All right. Now, I was having trouble getting that. Okay. So now it makes a whole lot more sense. Okay, yeah, the circle is completed. The lines <laughs> are connected. The synopses are synopting. And okay, got it. We talk to them like they're still in high school. That's true. Okay. So that will alienate them. Okay. Right. So one, so one said a social event, I was the only single woman, as I stood with a group of the women, one of them declared, we really shouldn't be talking about this with Brenda here. Oh, that's good news. Wonderful. Oh, yeah, already I'm a little concerned. Humiliation covered my face. She put me in a different category and made me feel like a child. The best way to understand singles is to befriend them, not out of pity or even mentorship, but out of genuine desire for friendship. Just treat them like you would any other adult and the friendship like any other friendship. We all want to be approved of. We all want to be accepted. And we all have this inner desire for connectedness. God put it that uh, that in us so that we would desire to have that from him. So what a great, great thing. And so now, oh yeah, maybe they were talking about some marriage issue. And oh, we better not talk about this with Brenda around. <laughs> she might get all hot and bothered. <sighs> Yeah, Brenda Rogers is the name of the woman who wrote this article, 10 Ways We Unintentionally Make Singles Feel Invisible at Church. And the next way we do that is by conveying the message that singleness is a sin. Yeah, so this message that singleness is a sin is subtle, but it's there. Culture has a lot to do with this. The truth is people are waiting longer to get married and self-focused reasons, things like travel get advanced degrees, move up in a career, accumulate wealth, and enjoy the freedom of singleness. So, however, rushing into marriage or marrying an unequally yoked person can be an act of disobedience just as much as staying single for selfish reasons. And so Paul wrote about it in 2 Corinthians six fourteen. The whole idea of being unequally yoked is so true because Later in marriage, there's so much that's happening in the church and, and so much desire to grow. And one of the the uh, definitions of marriage is that you're helping each other become more Christ-like. How do you do that if one of you is living for the Lord and one's not? So that makes it considerably more challenging. And missionary marriage is just as bad as missionary dating. The idea of, of a Christian just dating a lost person with the idea, well, when I date them, they'll come to Christ. Oh, yeah, got you. It usually goes the other way. Right, yeah. Um, it, it, the, the, maybe it's even a lie from the enemy, likely. Well, the thought of, well, that'll get better after we get married. Right. That'll change. No. No, it won't. No. No, it will not. All right, number five in our 10. Can you believe we're already halfway through this? 10 ways wow. we unintentionally make singles feel invisible in the church by Brenda Rogers. Number five is to believe they are doing something wrong or something is wrong with them. Why are you single? Why aren't you married yet? Yeah. So are you dating anyone yet? And, and you know, personally, to help them and come alongside them, uh, validate what they're thinking and feeling of why they are, or empathize with them because, yeah, I'd like to be married, but I haven't met anybody yet that fits my, no. <laughs> anybody <laughs> that I'll put up with. <laughs> yeah, that meets my criteria. Well, you know, our God has a plan, and 
I can, I personally believe what I'm about to say, that our God's will and plan for my life and for Kathy's life, that we would be married. There is so much evidence of it and how what God has used Kathy to do in my life. I, I am so blessed and so thankful for that. There are things that you have to watch for, phrases you have to watch for that Brenda lists here for us. And that biological clock is ticking. <laughs> Just like when you get married, you know, the newlyweds, and you right. start getting, you know, you ain't getting any younger here, and Grandma wants some grandkids. You're too pretty to be single. <laughs> when are you going to get married? Come on, when are you going to get married? Right. What if I don't want to? Well, you know, it takes two to get married. If you <laughs> notice, it's just me. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Anyone would be lucky to have you. Okay, I must not be very lucky I'm then. I'm not lucky. Unlucky <laughs> <laughs> oh. at love, I think, is the uh, phrase there. You can't be too picky? Really? <laughs> I'm going to spend be. the rest of my life with this individual, and I'm not supposed to be uh, picky or concerned or... You know, how about being attracted to and, oh, I'm in love with. I still remember the day, and I remember where I was standing when it occurred to me that Kathy was in my blood. That's how I, I realized that I could not live without her because she was in my blood. She was life to me. She kicked you in the nose, did she? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that's that's too easy. I had to do it. <laughs> And so we've been together ever since. So as we continue on with 10 ways we unintentionally make singles feel invisible in the church, we turn to number six, Tom, and we assume that because they're single, they must be involved in some kind of sexual sin. According to statistics, most singles, even Christian singles in a church congregation, are engaging in premarital sex, which is really sad. Maybe a topic we might even want to think about as a show down the road. Uh, however, when we assume that, for instance, a 30-year-old who has been dating someone for a year has to be involved in some premarital sex, we diminish the power of the Holy Spirit and what the Word of God tells us. It is possible to date someone without having sex with them. Does it get harder the longer you date? Of course. But we shouldn't just charge all singles with a sin we assume upon them because of their singleness. Just because you're single doesn't mean you're shacking. So it's, don't don't draw the conclusion, and if somebody's dating, don't assume they're immediately going to a Hilton. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I guess we've been so conditioned by the world today just to think that. But you know what? Somebody, and that would be us, should stand up for what Scripture says. And, and let's remember that there are people out there that are standing up for Scripture, and it is important to them. And they are standing pure in what they believe. Yeah, hallelujah. Yeah. Number seven, convey the message that sanctification only comes through marriage. Now, this is another way that we make singles feel invisible unintentionally. Right. So we have a tendency in the Western church to put these rules around our relationship with God and even put uh, callings he established for us above our relationship with him. For example, marriage and parenthood are often thought of as the highest callings when, in fact, that is nowhere in the Bible. However, signalist is also an extremely high calling. I mean, Paul just told us that. But I was hoping that she would get to this, too. 
Our highest calling is to glorify God in all that we say or do, uh, Colossians 3.17. And through this, he wants to sanctify us. Sanctification does not come through one path. It is a process regardless of our season of life. That's what's number one is our calling from God and our relationship with him. Second to that would be our marriages. Third, I would lump our children in there. And so that's what's number one is our intimate relationship with our God and how close or how distant are we there. And then the rest of it all kind of falls in from there, whatever season God has called us into, whether it's marriage or singleness, it it really doesn't matter as long as we are doing what God is calling us to do. Amen. Number eight here from Brenda Rogers, 10 ways that we unintentionally make singles feel invisible in the church is that we don't allow them to lead. How can we do that? You're single. You can't lead that. Yeah, you don't understand. Uh-huh. Singleness does not equal irresponsibility. That's really important. <laughs> it's all, it also doesn't mean that a person hasn't fully grown up. So it, it shouldn't limit a person in leadership opportunities in the church. We don't want to let that happen. No. She brings out the point that they might actually have more time to focus on matters of leadership in the church than married folks. Because guess what? We're distracted. Yes, right. <laughs> it's a beautiful distraction at times. It's yeah, it's, it's a wonderful distraction. But, <laughs> and it could very well be that that single person is called by God to take that leadership role and make it into something beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. And so let's not put them in that category of, well, yeah, you're single. What, what do you know about leadership? Right. It almost falls in that category of, yeah, I know all about marriage. I've been married four times. I'm a, <laughs> some people would say that. I got it all figured out, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I don't think that's right. That, that's, I don't think that's quite the intent there, no. All right, now this one, I think this one happens in the church a lot, and it's it's probably one big way that we unintentionally make a single feel invisible is that we group them in the wrong age group. That's true. There's nothing worse to be 28 years old and put in a group with college-age singles or singles in their 50s. Or how about in their 60s or 70s? Exactly. <laughs> that would be what would happen in ours. I, I think Kathy and I lead the geriatric small group of our church. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But we don't know what to do with them. Because so many churches, right. and, you know, I know it, it the church where I was youth director, you had them through the teenage years. They graduated high school, went away to college, and our church had nothing. Right. Once you graduated, you went straight into a married class. Well, here sits my daughter, a 20-year-old single mom. We've got nothing. And she stayed at that church longer than we did. God pulled us out of there. And Aaron stayed for a little while, but eventually she she had to leave as well because there was really nothing to offer. We need to really be thinking about that. You know, I, I know not every church can have, you know, a singles pastor kind of thing, but mm-hmm. small groups for singles right. or a college age course that's a 20s is a way you're going to keep your singles in your church and make them feel valuable. For sure. And I'm not, I'm not so sure we want that that group to be led by a married person. Probably not a good idea. It should be another single. <laughs> Number 10. So we are going to make We're it. We're going to make it. Yes. We made, we made it through 10 things in one show. Scott, what what has happened here? What What is going on with us? It's just not right. Yeah. Let's, let's just forget number 10 till next week. No. <laughs> uh, number 10. 
as a way to make the uh, singles feel invisible in the church is that we don't serve them. Well, that'll certainly help. That'll do it. Yeah, the bottom line is that in general, we're not serving singles well. One of the biggest struggles in singleness is that there's not the support you'd have from a spouse. So many singles don't live close to their parents or siblings or other family members. They need us to serve them in practical ways, but also befriending them and loving them well. The best way we can serve singles is by treating their lives with the same honor we would treat other people. And how about, what what does that mean when it gets near the holidays, if their parents or, or family of origin aren't available? Now, you may live near a college campus. You know, think of the College of Worcester. You know, how many international students are there? I think there's a pretty good population. Right. Ashland University has a huge Chinese population. They're mostly singles that are in another country. You know, they're not going to be able to make it back for a holiday, whether it's Christmas or the Chinese New Year, whatever it is. You know, are there ways we can minister to them? You and know, help and, them. And help them through, you know. That's just something that kind of came across my mind as I read through this. I like what Brenda says at the end of this. Considers herself a recovering single. <laughs> after years as a single woman chasing after marriage instead of chasing after Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is probably the key as we wrap this up today, Tom, is if you're single, it's kind of like Paul said, be single. Oh, yeah. There is no rule that says you got to be married to be a practicing, successful, serving Christian. Right. Definitely. And, and if somebody's trying to tell you that, it's a lie from the pit of hell. Yes. We need to love on them just like we would anybody else. Give them a place to serve, help them figure out what it is they're supposed to serve in. Maybe it is children's ministry. Don't be afraid to include the single. Yeah, absolutely. Bring them along. They have a lot to offer. Now, I've wanted to ask you this early on, and I thought I'd save it for now. Do we mess up singles to the point where they need to come in and see you because we've messed with them so much? And we've gone, you know, maybe they've experienced all 10 of these things. Right. To the point where they don't know what to, they don't know whether they're coming or going now. Well, true. It can impact self-esteem. It could impact self-concept. They could be depressed about it. So most certainly, we would come in and want to help them and help them uh, and support them. It would definitely be helpful. So if you would like to start a conversation with Tom about, you know, about what you're feeling. Right. You know, because it could be you've bought into this. Well, I'm 22. I've got to be married. And to some extent, I fell into that. And for some, that can be a debilitating feeling. Right. Uh, where you just don't have any worth. And if you're feeling that today, may I offer the idea of talking with Tom and how can someone start a conversation with you? Well, Scott, I can be reached at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com. 